1: Hello,
2: everybody, and welcome to another edition of Nice Straight Cast on Rotoviz Radio, About to you by Blue Wire Network and Roto-Viz. It is the show before the NFL draft. It is our inaugural, or not inaugural, it's our...
1: What, <laughs> annual. It? Annual, there you go. There we go. That's the
2: word I was looking for, the annual Rookie Mock Matrix. <laughs> I know that... Um, the, the haters and losers, of which there are many, were in our mentions saying, there's no way Dan's going to re- record the podcast on Tuesday morning. <laughs> he hasn't done it for six weeks. Guess what? We're here. Tuesday morning recording. Hopefully our lovely editor, Justin Peake, gets us in your ear holes Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Maybe Wednesday afternoon at the latest. Uh, D- uh, Justin, that's me saying, get it done. Let's go as you're editing this Wednesday night. <laughs> Anyways, uh, quick, quick turnaround we have here. So we're doing uh, some quick news and notes. One news and note we forgot that I think happened a couple weeks ago. And one news and note that happened on the Monday before recording this the day before. Um, so we had two news and notes. And then the rookie mock matrix, we went 20 deep. We'll kind of maybe speed it up as we get deeper into the pool. And of course this happens every year when we do the rookie mock matrix towards the end, there's a couple of players. Who are like, why didn't we pick them earlier? Um, but we see how it goes. It's what happens when you rookie mock matrix. Sometimes you forget players, but um, rookie mock matrix is coming your way but before we start with that we have the Monday the big Monday news I know we we mentioned this a few weeks ago it's been kind of like but in pending news that we knew was going to happen we just didn't know when it was going to drop we thought it would drop potentially on on Friday draft day it dropped on Monday draft week Aaron Rodgers is officially I think officially maybe waiting for a physical but by the time you're listening to this the physical probably been done Aaron Rodgers officially in New York Jet. Um, the compensation is essentially a second round pick and a first round pick in 2024, along with a pick swap in, uh, the 15 to 13, uh, for 2023. Um, we kind of already talked the dynasty values of the Rogers and the jets and all these different things. I do think that for now, this is a nice bump up for Jordan Love. He does have some semblance of job security, uh, you know, until Thursday, there's the potential they draft a quarterback in the first round, but, but probably not. But I will say, in terms of Jordan Love, people have been mocking uh, J- JSN after this trade-up that maybe the Packers might even try, trade up even higher to, to secure JSN. But if if Jordan Love has a receiving core of Christian Watson and Jackson Smith and Chigba, and then he has the the talent to running back to A.J. Dillon and uh and Aaron Jones, that would be a nice group to work with. And certainly they'll invest additional picks in the later rounds in weapons, something they never did for, for, for Aaron Rodgers, of course. Um, but I think that the biggest winner here is are Garrett Wilson, who obviously is getting a short term nice bump in the quarterback position, and uh, Jordan Love, who is getting some job security and additional weapons potentially. Uh, any other takeaways from this
1: trade dynasty-wise? No, I, I think and the, the rookie mock matrix may not reflect this feeling, but um, I think it's a huge bump for Garrett Wilson, even if it is only a year or two years, whatever it ends up happening to be, because this solidifies his early seasons where with these young wide receivers isn't always the case. Sure, you can look at you know 800 to 1,000-yard seasons, a few touchdowns. Uh, that that kind of seems to be the norm unless you have – a Hall of Fame type player like a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. For me, this puts Garrett Wilson up at like wide receiver five. I I, I would put him ahead of of Jalen Waddle because Waddle has to deal with Tyreek Hill. I would put him ahead of T Higgins because he's the wide receiver two behind Jamar Chase. Uh you know, Amon Ra, I, I think he is pretty darn close. And, you know, it, it's going to be a really, really strong wide receiver group. Uh, at the top all these guys are between like 22 and 25 and we might not see a lot of changes in that in that group for the next few years so i think it moves garrett wilson up uh i think Brees hall either stays as rb1 or rb2 depending on where uh the john robinson goes and you know what we think about jonathan taylor kenneth walker all those guys so um, I, I think all in all, this is is very very fun, and I actually had a very brief. Well, it was mostly a comment and a follow up, uh, but a, a short conversation about Jordan Love value in superflex. I think once you get past, you, you get you get past the obvious top running backs, Jackson Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and the three quarterbacks. Depending on how you feel about Jordan Addison, is kind of that line for in superflex. I'd probably give up 108 for Jordan Love, because after that, it's there's so much uncertainty in the class that uh, you know, unlike other years where it's like, oh, we can you can still get steals in the second. And like, sure, there's gonna be some of those guys, but there's such a clean line that if you offered somebody the 107 or the 108, again, depending on how you feel about either Will Levis or Jordan Addison you could stand to make a massive profit if somebody's looking to sell high on Jordan Love and realize the potential that we saw, you know, four years ago. And other people are saying, well, you could do the same thing with Will Levis. I, I hate to say it because we there, it's never a sure thing until it happens. I think we know Will Levis is bad. I still think that we've seen small little pieces of hope from Jordan Love drafted highly maybe <laughs> properly drafted too highly um, but sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for that amount of time and, and working with him and seeing how things are done and then towards the end when he does get playtime starting to look like Aaron Rodgers a little bit on field that that to me was was pretty meaningful and and, and even if it was very short-lived only a few plays Looking like that to me meant a lot than to just go out there, burn the clock, and you know just run the ball. So I, I think that I think that price is fair. You, I don't think you can give up more, and I don't think you're going to get him for anything less.
2: Yeah, I mean, just comparing Jordan Love with, with Will Levis, my my biggest concern with if I was trading away Will Levis or the pick that would become Will Levis for Jordan Love would be the difference between the two players is that. I think they they probably have similar ceilings in in 2023 but the difference is is that Will Levis could be, you know, demonstrably bad and have a Zach Wilson type rookie season and he's still going to be a, a top 24 top 25 quarterback. If Jordan Love is very bad in 2023, it's over for him. They're going the Packers are going to invest in the quarterback in the 2024 draft. There there is no leash for Jordan Love long term. Whereas Will Levis has, you know, some goodwill to burn in the form of the fact that he
1: hasn't been sitting on a bench for three years. Even if he goes after Hendon Hooker, which he will. Will Levis is not going after Hendon Hooker. <laughs> Would you like to place a wager, Nathan? All right, <laughs> let's move let's move on to our well, unless you have something else for uh, for, you know, the whole deal. I suppose we could probably mention Odell Beckham Jr. The, you know, that, (laughs) that signing that happened that we just didn't mention. Um, for me, it's, it's a, there's not enough volume. This isn't a passing offense. We don't know what Lamar is doing. They still have Rashad Bateman, but we don't know what this offense is. We, we don't know who's going to be quarterback. Is it Huntley? Is it Lamar? Is it whoever? Um, so, I mean, sure, it's Odell. If you have him, hold him. I don't think this is gonna, this is going to lead to any sell highs. I think that might happen about week four to a contender. If you're not contending or if you don't need the points, you can you can move Odell if he is producing. But you know, thirty year old wide receivers are are tough. Anytime you can derive any kind of value out of them, uh, other than points. I think, to me, is a win if that's what you're looking to do. Again, if you don't need the points and you've been sitting on Odell Beckham this whole time, to me, it's a pretty easy sell once he has a game where he scores points because that will be as valuable as he'll ever be.
2: Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of faith in Odell Beckham Jr. I, I think that he. Hey, this is probably a good-for-NFL mostly meaningless for fantasy type move where odell's going to be a wide receiver three wide receiver four and fantasy a wide receiver two ish for the for the ravens in the nfl um so i think that good best ball type play where he might have a couple like 20 point games um but i think that if you're going to have obj in your weekly lineup it needs to be a deeper lineup play where you know you you can afford him having a three catch for 34 yard game because i would not be surprised if that is like his most likely out or most frequent outcome is a three catch for 34 or a four catch for 29. Like, you know, that five to seven PPR point range is probably where I see his, you know, median game. I think they'll have games where he goes, you know, zero to two catch. And I think there's going to be games where he goes five catches for 82 and a score. Um, But I I think that you have to understand there's going to be a very minimal median play there um, for OBJ uh, but I think it's good for Lamar to, you know, have some semblance of a weapon, and obviously we'll see how healthy Odell Beckham is. Because if Odell Beckham is as healthy as he was during the Rams Super Bowl run, he could legitimately be a wide receiver two-ish for fantasy. Sure. Um, but after several tears of his knees, how good is he going to be? Is the question. Um, let's transition into our rookie mock matrix. We're doing super flex this year. We don't always do superflex because there's some years where the rookie mock matrix would literally just all be quarterbacks um, if we did it, but there's very minimal. uh, I'll do a little sneak peek. We have exactly one quarterback that was taken in the rookie mock matrix uh, or one, one 2022 quarterback that was taken in the rookie mock matrix. So that leaves some more room for other players. Um, We we did 20 deep. We'll probably go a little bit more in depth for the first few and maybe uh, speed through the last few. I had the first pick. We're going to go back and forth. It's not stinking, Um, So I'm cheating by having better picks than Dan. <laughs> um, with the first pick, I went with Brees Hall. Uh, we have, uh, you know, he was the 101 in 2022. He's the 101 in this combined rookie mock of 2022 and 2023. Uh, he was very, very good uh, as a rookie until the injury obviously a little bit limited of a sample size. He's getting added a much needed quarterback upgrade with Aaron Rodgers, And that offense is going to be very explosive. It has another player that's going to be drafted in this mock and Garrett Wilson, you know, Elijah Moore was, was jettisoned out, but I wouldn't be surprised if the jets continue to invest a little bit. Um, you know, they added McCole Hardman, they added Alan Lazard um, and uh, Jeremy Ruckert, you know, last year. So very young offense and hall is going to be, you know, a linchpin of it. So, I, I think he is the RB1 most likely. Yeah, I think he's the RB1 um,
1: in Dynasty and the RB1 in this mock. Uh, so
2: I'm going Brees Hall. Uh, what are you doing with number two?
1: So number two, I'm going with John Robinson. I will preface this by saying I just was not really thinking when I was writing down my picks and just started with rookies while Nathan was getting all, every sophomore in the entire uh, you know universe. So if it was me, I, I would have probably flipped Brees and Garrett. I probably would have went Garrett one and Brees three with Robinson at two still coming off injury. You know, I, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of hesitancy towards it. Uh, but it, it's, uh, we essentially, in my opinion, have RB one, a B and C with Jonathan Taylor added in between these two. And he, he, I mean, Travis ETN, who I think, no, he was, he was two years ago. Uh, he can be in that conversation. Kenneth Walker, uh, I think, is going to be up in that conversation. I think the top end of running back is is going to be young, and it's going to be productive. We'll see how long some of these guys last. So, yes, John Robinson, we'll see where he goes. My inkling uh, lies in two camps. I think the Indianapolis Colts not the, – I'm sorry, not the Indianapolis Colts. The uh, Chargers and the Cowboys are going to be the two teams I see as, as fit most. Uh the reason I say Chargers Tom Telesco was actually an indie uh working under Chris Polian during the 2009 draft when they drafted Donald Brown and Don, who, uh not not Chris Polian Bill Polian Oh, uh, it was Chris Polian was the GM then. Who's Chris Polian? His son. Oh, okay. Yes, Tom Tom <laughs> Telesco was there. Uh he and Telesco was their director of player personnel. So essentially had a major role in all of this. And, well, why would you bring up Donald Brown, you ask? Well, what does that mean, you ask? Well, when looking at Rotoviz box score scout for the prospect edition, uh, Robinson's top-rated simulation or, or similarity, I guess, uh, using a pick of 25 is Donald Brown and then Delvin Cook. So Donald Brown was pretty highly regarded, probably went a little early, earlier than everyone maybe thought he would have uh but you know donald brown delvin cook Brees hall all these guys going in that that 25 to 40 range are are all you know at one point or another have been highly regarded in the fantasy you know community the dynasty community so i think the chargers make a lot of sense there with or without austin eckler and then they, if he doesn't go there, I would essentially lock in bet every future I possibly could that the Dallas Cowboys would be selecting John Robinson.
2: Yeah, my only I mean, this is a very like nitpicking concern. My only concern with by John, I feel like there's not as many good RB landing spots as there has been the last few years. Like, We, don't, not-
1: need, we, we don't need them, though. We have two and he's going to one of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm not like. I, I think that, honestly, the, the top tier is probably three, maybe five deep, depending on what, what you're looking at right now in, in the, this rookie mock matrix. Um, so, but the, this third guy, I think, is definitely in the same tier as the other two. And you, you mentioned that you would have flipped Brees Hall and our, my next pick, Garrett Wilson. So with the 103 in the rookie mock matrix combined 2022, 23, 23 draft, I'm taking Garrett Wilson. Um, obviously, great prospect, ended up being a top 12 uh, NFL draft pick and is now being paired with one Aaron Rodgers. So I'm, I'm getting two Jets right off
1: the bat, not that we're building teams here. First um, time ever. that There's there's never been a year in the history of the NFL where two Jets have been this highly regarded. Uh, yeah, and then
2: also, you know, just a stellar draft class from 2022. You also have Sauce Gardner on the defensive side. They just absolutely smashed the draft uh, in 2022, um, and now they're adding Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, Garrett Wilson is a great long-term play. I think that he can definitely potentially – you know, enter the Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson sphere this year. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that's a likely scenario, but I think that he is definitely the most likely out of any player in this mock to enter that sphere would be Garrett Wilson followed by a player that that you'll end up taking later. Um, But yeah, that's where I'm at with Garrett Wilson is that he has a huge ceiling, huge floor and is adding Aaron Rodgers. So I think he's the pick here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of those guys that I was iffy on coming out of, of, of college. I didn't really know how I felt about him. You could see, you could see that it was there, but nothing, nothing for me ever like jumped off the page like this guy was going to be a star the way it did with like Justin Jefferson. Uh, yeah, and that,
2: and the and one thing over the last like five six years, the Ohio State and Alabama receiving cores are like breaking our metrics brains because we can't look, <laughs> we can't look at market share, we can't look at dominating. Obviously, those are still great metrics. But Garrett Wilson isn't going to jump off the page. Michael Thomas uh, of years past isn't going to jump off the page with the market share because there's
1: four other NFL wide receivers with him in a receiving core. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's the, it. we well, yeah. That's that's one. That's definitely one way you have to like put it in your brain, especially these some of these big schools. A lot of these guys, even in a place like Oklahoma, somebody like Marvin Mims gets buried on a depth chart there too, just because he either gets injured or you know falls behind, whatever it is. Uh, there's so many schools now that have so many players, you know, Clemson, what we were calling that wide receiver university for a little bit. LSU had that long string of guys. So yes, trying, trying to keep an eye on the numbers, but also be able to see what that they can do on the field. I, you know, I, I, like I said, I thought, I thought he was going to be good. I didn't see greatness, but I saw greatness last year with what was arguably the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. So We'll move on to four. At four, we're gonna see the first quarterback coming off the board, and that's Bryce Young. Uh definitely the the most polished of the quarterbacks here, in my opinion. Size obviously being a, a worry. Um you know, the the prospect score box score scout is is uh great. When it you know helps helps your your case, and it, it sometimes it can be a little difficult when it goes against it. So with your draft pick of one, because he is going one highest comparable uh, with only forty two percent sim score, which is I'm I'm okay with is Zach Wilson. So that's not great. <laughs> uh, nearby, you also have Tua Tagovailoa, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Jared Goff. Uh, the one shining part of these sim scores would be Matthew Stafford. Who, if you watch these two, they're nothing really alike, but the numbers align a little bit. So, I, I think Bryce is a little bit different. I think he is a little more along those Tua lines, uh, but I think he provides a much more stable, you know, offense. It, and from just from the quarterback perspective, I think Tua was always a little bit of a wild card. Bryce seems much more composed, um, and he's coming into a really good situation in Carolina with. They just added uh, you know a, a couple of of veteran wide receivers. I think that will help. They add in the running game and they're surrounding that team with a lot of talent they, they're they're forming what's going to be a pretty darn good defense here soon. And yeah, I mean, you get these guys that go to Alabama and shine and then they show up in the NFL. When's the last time we had an elite Alabama quarterback, Nathan ever? Sure. I mean, but,
2: but scouting the helmet, yada, yada, can definitely have it. Like, you know, how many great Texas Tech quarterbacks were there before Patrick Mahomes? Like, um, you know, you can't always rely on, you know, that measure. I'll go on to our next one. Uh, another big school wide receiver, another Ohio State wide receiver. Uh, Chris Olave had an elite rookie season, 1,042 receiving yards in only 15 games, 14 yards, 14.5 yards per catch, four touchdowns only scoring four touchdowns and having the season he did shows that his ceiling, if he gets to like eight or nine touchdowns, is being a top five wide receiver. You're adding Derek Carr, who uh, is a perceived upgrade over Andy Dalton, obviously. Maybe not much of one because Andy Dalton had a very solid year last year, um, but still upgraded the quarterback position. Um, and Olav is going to be that offense. So I, I think that he that he and Wilson are the clear top two wide receivers of this mock Um, And then we get to a couple other guys later that, you know, have the upside to get to get higher as well. Um, But Olave, number five off the board, number two wide receiver in this mock. That's where I have him.
1: Yeah. And I think that makes sense. Um, There's there's no real alpha wide receiver in the 23 class. I do like JSN. Uh, We'll see him after a little bit here. And I I think he's the closest thing to it. But. You know, what what Wilson and what Chris Olave provide, I I think, is a true wide receiver one uh, experience, if you will. So I I do like Chris Olave pick. That's who I would have gone with at six. Unfortunately, Nathan took him. So I am stuck taking another quarterback in CJ Stroud. And I say stuck as if it's a bad thing. I'm gaining all this dynasty value for free because Nathan is overdrafting wide receivers in a quarterback world. Not actually. I'm fairly upset about it. Uh, C.J. Stroud, again, you put him into the box score scout, and it spits out, guess what, Nathan? Zach Wilson, Tua Tagovailoa, Sam Darnold, and Jared Goff. Uh, It seems that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are much more comparable, uh, even looking at other comparables, than we maybe want to admit. Uh, The one bright spot on that list is uh, a little bit lower linked, but Trevor Lawrence does fall on this list. Uh, and I can see a little bit of of why those numbers would tie together. C.J. Stroud has has a lot going on. I, I do still think that he's in play for two. I don't think Houston can do anything other than grab C.J. Stroud. But there is a world where they go defense and live and and die by Mister Longneck Davis Mills. And I I don't I don't know what to think here. Uh, I like the upside of C.J. Stroud. I, I think he can provide a pop for an offense, but I don't know that he's polished and ready to go right away. He might might be most suitable to go to a place that has a, an aging out quarterback or maybe a a, a stopgap one as, as the time being. I could see somebody trading up, you know, what who, whoever it might be. I think the Vikings are a team that you can see move up to get one of those quarterbacks, even though I do think that they're looking to get Hendon Hooker with their later pick. Uh CJ Stroud to me here, though, is is still there's a ton of upside, a lot of free dynasty value. And we'll see where he ends up. My my gut still tells me two to to Houston.
2: Yeah, I I it's so weird. I've never I, I only have ever seen where we're so like, we were so confident for three months that it was, or, you know, I guess whenever the Panthers trade happened, but, you know, we were confident that the Texans were taking a quarterback and especially once the trade happened, we were confident one, two, it was going to be Stroud young in some order. And now it just seems like that the Texans were all in on Bryce young. And once they aren't getting him that they're they've soured on, on Bryce on on CJ Stroud. Um, my one fantasy dynasty concern, and it's very, very like picking, nitpicking, and things like that. But if if Anthony Richardson and C.G. Stroud go within one to two picks of each other, and Richardson goes to a better perceived situation,
1: not Houston,
2: <laughs> goes to a better perceived situation. Like yeah. theori- theoretically, if Young go, if Young goes Houston and Richardson goes Colts, I think fantasy dynasty, I'm taking Richardson. Um, I think young has, I mean, Young obviously I think Stroud has the higher floor, you know, no matter where he goes. Um, but Richardson's ceiling is just too appealing that if he ends up going to a, you know, a perceived better situation that I'm going to end up taking him
1: over Stroud. Well, he's the, he's the highest, he he has the highest ceiling of the three, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely.
2: absolutely. Um, it's just that he has by far the, the, the lowest floor as well. Um, next pick, I'm going to continue the sophomore train. So I've gotten Brees Hall at one. Garrett Wilson at three, Chris Olave at five, and at seven, I will take another sophomore, Kenneth Walker. Um, in my opinion, the the running backs of, of these two years that, you know, I think Brees Hall and Bishon Robinson are, are close. I think that Kenneth Walker probably has some decent separation to the, the running back that gets taken as RB2 in the 2023 NFL draft, at least for now. Um, he has shown it on the NFL field. Uh, he's got a high floor, high ceiling, all those different things. I think that we'll need to see a little bit more of the RB2 in the 2023 class before we put him in a conversation with Kenneth Walker. And then RB versus wide receiver, you're, you're, you know, if, if you have a tiebreaker of sorts, you're, you're leaning RB in today's game. So that's why I have Kenneth Walker going seven.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense to me. And and like I said before, I think uh, you know Brees, Taylor, Robinson are all going to be vying for that top spot. But I do think Kenneth Walker... Although he is a clear fourth, isn't a distant fourth. The line behind him, especially when we're looking at this list for, uh, as far as running backs are concerned, is fairly vast. The problem is, is the talent also runs out quickly once we get to about that point as well. So I, I love Kenneth Walker. I, I think um, I, I think he's going to do well. Continue to do well in in Seattle as Geno's career revival has. Has only helped and still having DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, that, that offense is going to continue to be strong, to continue to be solid. Uh, a pick that I would have made again had he been there at eight, uh, but he wasn't. So, very nice pick, Nathan. Uh, at eight, I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, my clear wide receiver one in this class. I, I don't think it's necessarily close. I think he has the potential to be a wide receiver one. However, I do think he would work best as, uh, you know, in one of those super pairings. Like a, you know, like your Evans and God uh, Godwin, like your T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, like what was Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, uh Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. I think he's going to be an exceptional two in a situation like that. Or he could be a I think he can be that, that Brandon Cooks. I think he could be that DJ Moore type guy which he just have his underwhelming thousand yard seasons and like five touchdowns. You know, I don't want to say underwhelming because that's a really nice stat line to do seven years in a row or whatever Rip Brandon Cooks did it for and whatever DJ Moore is on pace to do it for. But I think we might be we might be stuck with that unless he goes to unless he slides to a Minnesota or he slides to, you know, maybe Green Bay's in play now at at uh, 13. Maybe that is is that pick. But I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is your wide receiver one here. And outside of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, I I don't think there's any way you could put one of the 2022 wide receivers ahead of him.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I, there is some floor concerns. I I love Jackson Smith and Jigwa. I think that he is definitely the highest ceiling guy left on the board right now, Uh, but Let's say in some crazy world, Jackson Smith and Jigba falls to pick 25, 26, 27. I'm probably leaning towards some of the higher drafted um, 2022 rookies in that scenario. I don't think it's going to be the case. I think that Smith and Jigba's floor is probably at 13 to the Packers pick, you know, assuming the, the Rogers deal ends up gets gets sh- shaken out. Um, but draft capital wise, if he falls a little bit, I might end up leaning towards some of the uh, 2022 wide receivers instead. But as it stands at my current projection, I would also take Jackson Smith and Jigba with his pick. Um, next pick, I'm going to take my first rookie off the board and it is the QB three in this draft, the QB three in the 2023 class. It's Anthony Richardson. I'm taking the swing, taking the, you know, uh, the big swing here. There is also draft couple concerns here. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if Richardson goes two four, I wouldn't really be shocked if Richardson like goes to the mid teens. Um, he could really go anywhere right now. Um, cause the, there's a lot of teams that are, you know, imprinted on like, oh, this guy definitely likes this. Like the Raiders definitely like Levi's, or you know, the Colts definitely like this guy. It doesn't seem like there's anyone, any team that's like, oh, Richardson's not getting past this team, which is somewhat concerning. But if Richardson, Richardson ends up getting high draft capital, he's going to be on the trajectory to being a top dynasty quarterback with his rushing ability, with his big arm. Um, so yeah, Anthony Richardson is my pick here. Um, and this would also be a bit of a tier break here from from Richardson to the next player.
1: Yes, I, I definitely agree. I, I think once we get to that that spot and I would say depending on where my next pick goes, he could be included in that tier. However, I just don't think it's in the cards. I don't I don't see I don't see it. But yes, Anthony Richardson would have been my pick again. I considered him at eight. I, I just couldn't decide if I wanted JSN or Richardson. And I ended up going with the wide receiver because I think that there's a higher floor with with JSM. However, I don't think Anthony Richardson's floor is zero. I think he has an established floor. It's just not as high as you would like it to be when you're spending a lot of draft capital. But at nine, this is I would say free value here. I, I think he has a chance to grow in. I mean exponentially. And if he busts, I mean, you, yeah, sure, you lose out on maybe getting Drake London a little bit earlier. Uh, but out, outside of that, I think this is an obvious pick. Again, would have been my pick. At 10, I'm going Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I'm not in love with the prospect, even though I should be, because I always harp on pass catching for running backs. But that's pretty much all he can do. Uh, you know, we love Shane Vereen at one point in time, and that's pretty much all he could do. And that's kind of what I see with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, there's a little flash of Giovanni Bernard in there, a little bit a little bit more shiftiness. The people comparing him to Alvin Kamara, I never understood. He runs with zero of the of the fierceness that Alvin Kamara ran with, even at Tennessee. And and I get comparing him to that because you know, Alvin didn't get used as much as he should have at Tennessee because he they had Jalen Hurd, who they decided was the next big thing, and he was absolutely horrendous. But because he was a man amongst children, it made it look much easier. So Gibbs here for me at 10. I have him probably going mid twos somewhere. I, I would imagine, Nathan, do you think he sneaks into the first? I can't there, see I there, can't see a world.
2: There have been people mocking him to um to Kansas City in the first, to one of those later first round picks, um, potentially to Philadelphia. Um I I don't necessarily see it. More so because, and I, I wish I could remember who who posted it, but if Jameer Gibbs goes in the first round, he would be the the skinniest first round running back since like two thousand. Um, the NFL doesn't typically draft first round running backs anymore, and when they do, they're horses. They're Todd Gurley. They're Jonathan or John Taylor didn't go in the first round, but like they're they're that type of body type. They're not your shifty, you know, Shane Vereen, which I I think Gibbs is a much better back than, than Shane
1: Vereen, um, but. I do think at the time, so. though, we were excited about Shane Vereen at the time, Nathan. You were probably still in diapers, <laughs> but we were excited about Shane Vereen.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: All right, let's continue our conversation. I'm going back to the veteran pool, a guy who I know you're not the biggest fan of. And I think it's more so because of his situation than his talent. Um, another top 10, uh, NFL draft pick in the 2022 NFL draft, Drake London. Um, I think that they're going to give Desmond Ritter a year, uh, and I think that Drake London is going to be, you know, a one-two punch with Kyle Pitts as expected. I think both of those guys have a better year in 2023 than they did in 2022. And I think they'll benefit from having a full offseason of preparation with Desmond Ritter as their QB1. And if it if it crashes and burns, if Ritter is as bad of a passer as maybe you think he is, they're set up to be, to have a top five, top four. You know, draft pick, which would then put them in position for a
1: Caleb Williams or a Drake May. Well, this is my issue. A few years ago, when everybody started drafting Calvin Ridley like he was the second coming, and then Kyle Pitts came along, and the talent was absolutely there. But as soon as as it was Atlanta at four, I was out. I, I, I get it. I get it. I do because immense talent, but I'm out. Situation is arguably the worst in the NFL. Uh, and I saw it from uh, miles away. We've ta- we've had this conversation for quite literally years at this point. Nathan, Atlanta was was on pace to be horrendous. We saw there there was no light at the end of the tunnel for Matt Ryan. It was just a cliff, and he hit it and then went to Indy. Now they have Des Ritter. They had Marcus Mariota. It's going to be a quarterback wasteland because the rest of that team is not bad enough for them to be picking one they're going to continue to get you know five to twelve picks because they keep playing they keep fighting they keep trying to win when they should be throwing and they should be losing now if desmond ritter ends up being somewhat adequate this situation could change i don't think he's there yet in his progression as a player I, i don't think he needed time to sit behind somebody and i don't mean six games i would argue six years would have been better uh So, yes, I I get it with London. He's your prototype wide receiver one. He's big. He he can get downfield. He can make the contested catches. The situation for me is arguably the worst outside of maybe Houston, depending on what they do at quarterback. Uh, Yes, draft capital is great, but draft capital is only great when you have somebody to throw you the football and for you to be able to make plays. I don't think Drake London is someone that can transcend an offense. I think he needs a quarterback. Uh, obviously that, you know, he, college did him well, but he, he, to me is, I don't want to say just another guy, but I think he's in the tier above just another guy. I think there's, there's probably four, maybe five wide receivers I would have taken before Drake London here.
2: All right. So which would be your number one wide receiver on the board at pick 12?
1: Pick 12, I'm going George Pickens. Uh, that may be a slightly unpopular, uh, people, you People know, the, love- the, the Steelers, like, eighth wide receiver. You know, no, no big deal. He's terrible. <laughs> sure. Wide receiver two, maybe one, depending on how bad Deontay Johnson decides to continue to be. So Pickens, for me, I, I think shows the, the ceiling of your A.J. Greens. Uh, obviously, A.J. Green was great, arguably a Hall of Famer. But Pickens has those same abilities. I think he can be that guy. And I think as Kenny Pickett continues to grow, George Pickens can continue to work his way up as well. He had a strong start to his rookie year in uh, that team that had a fairly weak offense. We saw Najee Harris go, I mean, make a complete 180 and just look like uh like you and I were out there running the football for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Nathan. So Pickens, again, he's he's closer to that prototypical guy, he's 6'3", uh, 200 and something, give or take. But, I mean, he had a better rookie season than than Drake London did. Or, or at least close in his quarterback situation, even though Kenny Pickett is no Patrick Mahomes, is significantly stronger than where the Atlanta Falcons currently sit. So I think situational, I think rookie season, I think how they looked on the field matters to me. I, I love George Pickens, uh, I, I, you know, and he continued to move up the board for me. I had him uh, moving above of Traylon Burks last year, which was tough for me to do because I loved Traylon Burks. But when you can play, you can play. And when you stay on the field, you're actually on the field, and we're able to see you play. Yeah, my, my problem
2: with uh, Pickens and the Steelers is that th- through targets and through moves, they've shown they don't trust him to to get into that wide receiver one role. Or are, or are they he-
1: posturing for a De- Deontay Johnson departure, which is my opinion.
2: Right. Um, I I don't necessarily see that. I think that they're going to stick with Johnson as the wide receiver one. I think they're eating 5 million dollars of the ghost of Allen Robinson. I don't think you do that if you have faith in George Pickens being a legitimate NFL wide receiver. Um so yeah, I, that's where I'm I'm at is that I think that his floor is much lower than some of the players that we're gonna draft over the, over the next few picks. So uh, I I think that the the, the lack of targets in his rookie year a concern and the the incoming Allen Robinson is a somewhat concern as well. Um next we have Traylon Burks, uh number thirteen pick in this draft. I was a huge Traylon Burks guy. You know, before the draft, I had him as the wide receiver one above yeah. Olav, above above Garrett Wilson. Obviously, the, the Tennessee Titans, and even more so the Tennessee Titans in 2022, was not a good landing spot. He did have some health concerns, uh, Traylon Burks, even a concussion concerns, which are definitely not something you want to see early on in his career. Um, I'm buying Traylon Burks at this pick with the hopes of maybe they end up with like a Hendon Hooker type, or maybe they end up with a top QB in 2024, uh, but also... He is really the only show in town. There's nothing else in that Titans offense that excites me. You know, you have a, an aging Derrick Henry. You have really nothing at the wide receiver position. So Burks should and will be funneled targets and ways to touch the ball. I would not be shocked as, to if they start to look at Traylon Burks, and they should look at Traylon Burks in a Debo Samuel type role in that Titans offense. I don't know if the, the Titans and Mike Vrabel are creative enough for that, but they should because you want to get the ball in your most talented player's hands, and I think that's Burks.
1: Yeah, that that's again. It's one of those things where situation matters, and and when you split when you split targets with Chigo Conquell, who nobody knew of until he started catching passes and looking like like an absolute freak out there. Uh, I still love Traylon Burks. I, I will always have love for him. I love the college tape, and I, I see I see an NFL potentially star there. I think he has the the most room for growth on this list. If he if he comes back and he's healthy and he can get a hundred targets. I'm not asking for the world, Nathan. I'm asking for a hundred targets. He'll catch seventy five of them assuming that Ryan Tannehill can still hit the broadside of a barn and or what Malik Willis, I suppose, and we'll see him rise up. We will see him surpass a lot of these guys and he'll get into that top seven or eight category on this list. I think. It, it doesn't take much for somebody with that draft capital to slide back up. Yes, the injuries are scary. The concussions don't don't help. We just we need to see him on the field in a consistent manner and getting targets consistently at 50 some targets last year. That's no that's no way to evaluate a player and and, you know, really kind of lean on it. So I still have faith in Traylon. I want to see him back and healthy. At 14, I'm pairing up with George Pickens, and I'm taking Kenny Pickett here, the the sole quarterback taken uh, from the 2022 class. I still don't love Kenny Pickett. I think he's a very mediocre thrower of the football, and, I, I mean, he's a game manager at best. However, he is a starting quarterback, and these are free points at this pick. So, for me, Kenny Pickett is a good value. He's only 24 And there's really no other line you could draw for the Steelers to have a different starting quarterback outside of injury, a surprising trade, or a surprising draft pick. I think they are, in the short term, committed to trying to lean on their defense, run the football, and posture up with some wide receivers that can create space for Kenny Pickett. Getting him rushed and getting him to throw the ball all over the field under pressure isn't going to do anything you add Allen Robinson to a fair at, at a good price to a really good wide receiver core already all that's giving is is Kenny Pickett some weapons so i think we see a decent leap from rookie year to sophomore year here uh i'm not looking at you know a, a 4500 yard passer but i do think i think he he dabbles in that 3500 yard range uh we probably see 20 to maybe 24 touchdowns And I still think you see a a fairly high intercept interception percentage just because of the way that he plays. But I I do think that Kenny Pickett here is nice value. Yeah.
2: And we talk about floors, ceilings, all those different things. I think among the players being drafted in this range, Kenny Pickett has a high floor and a high ceiling. I don't think Kenny Pickett's getting ousted out of the leagues a lot. Zach Wilson or ousted out of starting position in year two. Um, And then, you know, even if his ceiling is like a Derek Carr type, like, that is very valuable long-term having a, you know, seven, eight, nine year starter in the NFL. Um, next, um, I think that these front board, so we're going 20 picks DP here. I think picks 15 to 20. You could, I could literally put 15 at 20, 20 at 15. And I really wouldn't notice much of a difference. Uh, at pick 15, I'm going Jordan Addison. I believe he'll be the second wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. Um, And unlike, so there's, I think there's minimal good RB landing spots. I think there is some really nice, especially in that picks like 10 to 25 range, some very nice wide receiver landing spots. So I'm going to put Addison at one of those. And I think that, you know, he is going to be, you know, the elite prospect that many thought he was at Pittsburgh.
1: Well, see, that's, that's the issue for me with Jordan Addison, the elite prospect at Pittsburgh three years ago. Not the elite prospect at USC last year. Not not the elite prospect coming out early, doing all the things. The breakout age, we love. Uh, the nerds, the guys, the number people, we love the breakout age. It's it's sexy. But yeah, Kenny Pickett. And then you upgrade to Caleb Williams, and you look like you've never played wide receiver before in your life. There was some flashes. He's smooth. I get it. You're not going to be able to do any of that against... NFL cornerbacks. Sure, you played against some decent college cornerbacks, but you also played in the Pac-12. You should have been absolutely throttling these kids, and he looked like he was pulling up lame on on routes. I don't know what happened. He peaked early. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first one to say I still think he has an NFL career in front of him, obviously. I think he's going to be a nice if not good wide receiver two in an NFL offense. I see the shades of a Calvin Ridley, but I also see the Justin Hunter in him. If you will, the, the give up before, you know, I'm not getting the ball. I'm giving up the, the there's, the, and you can draw a line to Marquise Lee in the sand as well. There there's, there's a chance that someone undersized by 30 pounds who isn't fast or or quick and didn't do any of the things people thought he was going to do for his size. When you come out and you, he weighed like 170, realistically, he had 10 pounds of water on him. He probably weighs 160. And I'm not just, I'm not trying to be a, a douche about it. He is super undersized and it's scary because he doesn't have that speed that he should for being that size. All of his comparables, uh, everybody ran way faster. People want to say, oh, well, Deshaun Jackson was that size. Deshaun Jackson could run through a brick wall with his speed. Jordan Addison can't do that. You know who else couldn't do that is someone like Mark Eastley. Robert Woods had a nice career, wasn't wasn't undersized. He outweighed, he outweighed Jordan Addison by like 30 pounds. So we need to see him bulk up and not lose speed. We need to see him stronger to be able to get off of man coverage because he's not going to as it currently stands. And we need a good landing spot. Going from Pittsburgh to USC didn't help him. So going from USC to the Houston Texans, that's really not going to help him because he needs all the help he can get.
2: All right, before we rapid fire these last few picks from 16 to 20, I'll let you know about RotoViz. Reference the Box Score Scout. It's one of our favorite things come rookie draft time. Well, like Dan, we're probably just going to break down every single player when they when we have an official. Draft capital spot. We're going to break down every rookie this time next week, looking at the box score scout and how we can compare these players. And hopefully um, somehow the box score scout fixes itself with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and and get some better comparables. Um, I I don't (laughs) think that's possible, but you know, we'll see. Um, But promo code RV radio 2023 gets you 10% off and supports the podcast. We appreciate you. We love you. Tag us when you, when you get your subscription, get it for your uncle, cousin, brother. Or your sister, everyone wants a Rotovis subscription for their birthday, uh, for uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day. You know, I, I, I'm putting it out there, I'm going to get my dad a uh, Rotovis subscription for Father's Day. Um, that's, that's happy birthday, Norm. <laughs> I mean, happy Father's Day. Um, yeah, so uh, that's definitely what he wants, and I'm, that's what I'm going to get him, because uh, he needs the, help, the all the help he can get in his fantasy league um, this year. All right, Dan, Stardust dresser on rapid fire, what are you doing with pick 16?
1: 16, I'm going Christian Watson. I, I probably would have taken him ahead of Addison. Uh, finished last year like a bat out of hell, the second half of the season, week 10 and on. Uh, that's when we like to see some of these rookie wide receivers that we're unsure of, see what they can do, and hopefully turn it on. There, There's, you know, Justin Jefferson was was did something like that. Uh, so I, I think Christian Watson here, uh, yes, he downgrades, potentially from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, but I also think that they're this is going to be good for him I do still think that they add a wide receiver probably Jackson Smith and Jigba but I think that's really good for the both of them and I think it's great for Jordan Love I like Watson here I think he continues his success from the back half of his rookie year and we see uh, a nice sophomore year out of him
2: yeah I I think that I'm going to be a fan of this Jordan Love Packers offense and Christian Watson is slated to be the wide receiver one granted part of this is just I like young offenses and when teams put nice weapons around young quarterbacks is it's something that i get excited about um so i i do think that there is the potential for some drop off obviously from aaron Rodgers to, to to christian watson but christian watson di- was a playmaker on his own like he wasn't reliant on like deep passes from aaron Rodgers. he was making a lot of yak he was making a lot of you know plays on the ground like so christian watson was making plays in a lot of ways and i think it's gonna continue with jordan love 17th pick uh in this mock rookie mock matrix will levis we've talked about him a little bit with the jordan love comparison i'm all for buying a player that i think that will levis's floor is probably around pick 7 with the raiders um so getting a, a top 10 nfl draft pick quarterback at pick 17 uh, across the these classes um is definitely good value in my opinion i'm not the biggest fan of will levis the player but i am the biggest fan of will levis the draft capital
1: uh yeah, I, I'm not a fan of either. Uh, yeah, draft capital great. Situation matters, talent matters. Um, this is this has Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, uh, Jake Locker. This has all of those guys written all over it. I, I I see nothing positive about Will Levis outside of how hard he can throw. And everybody's like, oh well, Josh Allen wasn't good. Josh Allen had throws in his tape that looked like Brett Favre. Will Levis? He might. He might have to switch hands if he wants to look better. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think people really like watch. They just go, oh well. He can throw hard. Josh Allen, cool. Um, yeah. This is this is Christian Ponder. This is EJ Manuel. I. I. I don't love it. I. In fact, I hate it. I think his ceiling is like Andy Dalton. Yeah, but honestly, like Andy, like
2: if we were to retrospectively look back, and I don't, I don't really remember who was in Andy Dalton's class. But if you could give me Andy Dalton's career in Superflex, I think that's worth, like, the 104,
1: 105. Mm, yeah, I mean, sure, but we're chasing upside, not poopy floor. You know what I mean? Like, long long points is great. I'm all for long points. I'd rather have a big burst of, of value or a big burst of points early. And Andy Dalton was fine. I'm not saying he wasn't fine. and He's still playing. He was—I don't even remember what year he got drafted. But— it, it was probably what 2011? Twelve. It was it was oh. the it was the Julio AJ Green draft. Oh yeah, so greatness followed by a redhead. So, uh, yeah. No, I mean, sure. If if that's the ceiling you want to chase, great. The problem is, is that the floor is guys that didn't know their their head from their ass and. He is that he is the epitome of that. I don't know how people are seeing it any other way. I've seen people saying he should be like the quarterback two in this class.
2: All right. Uh, Who are you taking after Will Levis off the board?
1: Uh, A surprising one for me that came on strong last year is Jahan Dotson. Obviously, he went on that absolutely crazy touchdown scoring tear. Uh, Sam Howell seems to have won over the commander's front office and he'll most likely be the starting quarterback there and hopefully we can see a continuation of what Dotson does and and, and has been doing uh, <laughs> a pretty high margin you know obviously touchdowns uh, aren't aren't the easiest to, to come by and scoring 7 of them in a short period of time is pretty fantastic uh, I, I hope that they continue to use him the way that they were using him early pre-injury and hopefully they don't you know use Uh, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson and Curtis Samuel and all of these guys in the exact same way as like a baby blankie for Sam Howell. They need to stretch the field. They need to get the ball moving and they've got a lot of our honestly, they got some fun weapons. This offense could be good. So hopefully we see them continue to do things the right way and get someone like Jahan Dodson, the football in the red zone or down the field. As the world's biggest
2: Sam Howell fan, uh, I am excited for Jahan Dotson and hopefully a, you know, potentially a full year of Jahan uh, Dotson with Sam Howell ends up being very uh, good. I I think that Dotson was the first pick in this draft where I was like, oops, like I kind of forgot about him. Like I would definitely take Dotson over Pickens personally. I think Dotson, Burks, Addison is probably pretty close. Dotson probably has a much higher floor than, than, uh, than Burks and Addison at this stage. Um, but I think that Burks and Addison probably have a little bit higher of a ceiling at the, at, at this point. Um, so that that's where I'm at with Dotson is that he he probably fell a little bit in this draft um, and he's going to, you know, be very solid. The, 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 the dynasty or fantasy question would be how much can you do as the wide receiver two in the commander's offense?
1: Because I don't necessarily see him surpassing Terry McLaurin. No, but McLaurin has 120 targets. Last year, Curtis Samuel had 92. I think those two guys can very easily flip. I don't think you know as as much as we probably should be targeting tight ends, I don't think that's really necessary. Antonio Gibson had sixty targets. He doesn't need all those. JD McKissick, you can launch him straight to the freaking moon if you want with his 40 targets. Spread those out amongst your playmakers. Sure. Curtis Samuel probably should still get 70 to 90 targets. Great. But Dotson should also be getting the exact same number. And your tight end should just be your your you know, your safety blanket, your safety valve. Gary McLaurin should absolutely lead the team in targets with 115, 120-plus. We we just need to see them get, do it consistently and all of these guys to stay on the field. I think Dotson was well on his way to, average, to getting about 90 targets because he only played 12 games and he had 61 targets during that. So catching the ball down the field, 15 yards per catch, uh, 7 touchdowns. Uh, it's, yes, I, I think... I think Dotson is another one of these guys that has a chance to move way up, even though he will be the wide receiver two in this offense, regardless of what happens. You're not passing Terry McLaurin. I think he has a chance to make a big splash.
2: All right, now my next pick is going to be maybe a bit controversial. Player, more news and notes that we didn't hit on: Jameson Williams suspended for six games for making a sports wager on an nfl property but not on an nfl game um i wasn't even the biggest jameson williams guy in 2022 more so I, I liked the draft capital of him being drafted as a top 12 nfl draft pick um so that's why i have him here uh i think this lions offense definitely has the potential to be really exciting if the lions go the route of an anthony richardson or potentially a will leave us like that offense could be very good with Amon Ross, St. Brown, James Williams coming back from the suspension eventually, Don, Andre Swift, David Montgomery. The Lions are one of my favorite teams in the NFL right now. Uh, I, I hope they don't draft Will Levis because I don't like Will Levis. But if Anthony Richardson can end up in D- Detroit somehow, that would be very exciting. Or CJ Stroud ends up in Detroit somehow. Um, I, if if I'm Detroit, I'm really wondering what's the price to get from six to three. Like If it's literally just the price from six to three is giving up in early second or next year's first, like I think you hop on that and draft your quarterback in the future of Anthony Richardson or C. Stroud.
1: Yeah. I, I love Jamison Williams. Obviously, you know, doing the stupid thing and making the wager, not a big deal. It, it shouldn't be a big deal. I get that. They're not able to do it, uh, but you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be smarter than that. So uh, yes, I love Jamison Williams. I, I think this is a great value. Um, I, you know, again, he w- I would have been picking him here had had you not taken taken him. I think it's hard to have him higher than this though because of the suspension and missing time. So uh I, I do I do like myself some Jamison Williams and I don't know that quarterback necessarily matters for for that offense to be fun because they made it look fun with Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh they they bring back Marvin Jones. So that that will that will probably be the role that Jamison Williams fills when he comes back is whatever we see uh, Marvin Jones do for the first five, six games is probably what we're hoping Jameson Williams can do to follow up. So at 20, I'm i I'm, I'm going a, a little bit down the list. I'm, I'm taking my shot. Somebody that I love, that I that I fell in love with, the way a lot of you fell in love with Jordan Addison two years ago, three years ago. Kayshawn, uh, is it Boot? I think it's Bootay. Bootay. All right. I always called him Butte, but I don't want to. I don't want to offend the man that I'm picking with my glorious twentieth pick. Uh, wonderful freshman season at LSU. Uh, you know, not not absolutely life changing by any means, but going forty-five for seven thirty-five and five is nice. LSU has been not in a great space the last couple of years, though. Offensively, just as a team, losing Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson, as well as Clyde Edwards-Alaire and a couple of other key contributors, has not helped anyone in any fashion gain <laughs> on on having decent draft capital. So I like Kayshaun Boutte. I, I think that he he can be... Everything that Jordan Addison is or or is seeming to be, I think he can do the exact same thing. So these guys, like you said, Nathan, this last four, five, six, throw them in a hat, pick out a name. I think you're going to get something similar at the end of the day. So I, I, I still have hope that we can return to those. I, I don't struggle with the similar things that I struggled with on on Jordan Addison, even though Kayshawn is maybe slightly under underweight, but I mean, he's, he's much more muscular. He's much stronger. uh, And we'll see. I I would imagine he'll be like a mid third type pick.
2: Yeah. I I, I liked Boutte as a, you know, a Debbie pick, but uh, obviously, you know, uh, I said nitpick 18 times today, Um, but there is a laundry list of players I would rather have than him. Uh, Give me Zach Evans, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, Zach Charbonnet, Josh Downs. Uh, we we did Quentin Johnston probably is going to be our biggest surprise as an undrafted. Um, you know, many people have him as potentially the wide receiver one in this class. Um, and then the the ones that definitely slipped my mind a little bit, Brock Purdy um, could definitely have gone in this mock draft. Um, definitely a wider range of outcomes for him. He could be the San Francisco starting quarterback on week one, or he could be behind Trey Lance, or he could be behind Sam Darnold, like. So many things could go on with, with Purdy, but he could definitely. Like, Purdy could end up being the best quarterback from that 2022 class.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, Quentin Johnson is one that that I get. I understand people want him in this space. I I struggle with Quentin Johnson. I I see I see Kevin White all over again. That's that's all I can. It's all I can muster. Uh, but you know, Brock Purdy is definitely the one that we missed. I, I would put him right there with Kenny Pickett. Uh, I always <laughs> I always there's always one we always forget one Nathan. so yes, I, I would have Purdy up probably in that 10 to 14 range um, again not not a game changing quarterback by any means, but he's the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers that that means quite a bit as far as value and points go the points will will just happen by themselves. He, he doesn't need to do a lot to accomplish that so yes I, I think it's a I think it's a good list. I think there's a couple of reaches, but outside of that, I I mean, I don't want to say it's chalk because I don't think there's a a lot of this that's very chalky, if you will. I think some people will be picking players in much different places. I just think it's strong. I think a lot of the picks make sense. Um, You know, George Pickens going high. It's a, a personal opinion as all of this stuff is. And, you know, Keishan Butte being involved in this as well. Again, it's a personal opinion thing. I just sometimes you have to stick to your guns
2: all righty that should wrap up some rogers talks some brief obj talk and 20 picks of rookie mock matrix rookie mock matrix uh make sure you're subscribed to whatever rv radio 2023 gets you a 10 discount and supports the pod make sure to like re- rate review subscribe um yeah I, I meant to say this nobody listens to podcasts on apple anymore but like our last apple podcast review was like two years ago so if you still listen to apple Podcasts, leave a review um there are still reviews saying my sound was bad three years ago Uh, my sound has been fine for at least three years uh so uh try to not
1: dissuade people um from uh listening to this podcast because my sound has been fine right dan that's right ever since your microphone got stolen by your glorious roommate who i'm pretty sure threatened to kill you at one point uh (laughs) it's been it's been glorious
2: all right, that's wrap us up for today. We'll uh, have a nice uh, NFL draft weekend and we'll talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh!
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?